0: everyone and welcome to the latest episode of Risk and Regulation Rundown, the podcast where we share our views and insights on hot topics in financial services risk and regulation. My name's Tessa Norman, I'm part of PwC's Financial Services Regulatory Insights team and I'm your regular host for this podcast. In this episode we're going to be focusing on sustainability reporting, taking an in-depth look at the EU's Corporate Sustainability Reporting Directive, known as CSRD for short. This is an extensive piece of regulation which requires firms to make significant changes and firms are currently entering a critical period in their implementation plans. So to talk us through how all of this is impacting firms, I'm joined by two expert guests who are going to unpack CSRD for us and explain what it means in practice for the financial services sector. So I'm joined by Justine Dixon, who's a senior manager in our sustainability practice, and Lucas Penfold, a senior manager who leads on ESG regulatory insights. Welcome to the podcast.
1: Thanks for having us.
0: Pleasure to be here. So, Lucas, um, CSRD is one of many sustainability reporting initiatives that a lot of our clients are grappling with at the moment. Can you start off by just kind of reminding us of some of the background to this directive and, and the key elements and key dates that firms need to be aware of?
1: Yeah, sure. Thanks. Thanks, Tessa. And, um I think sort of, people often talk about ESG regulation as being something that's very transformational for organisations. Um, I definitely think that's the case with, with CSRD. Um, I think it's really shifting the dial in terms of how firms are having to approach um, sustainability reporting um, and creating a lot of sort of underpinning work to to really sort of get that, that reporting into shape. So um, definitely something that's having a big impact. I agree with your, your comments. Um, I, I guess the first point I'd, I'd make on this is that... Um, CSRD is a a piece of EU regulation, Um, so it's something that stems from the the European Union, Um, and it is absolutely core to um, the the EU's uh, approach to sustainable finance and its sustainable finance framework, Um, and also it's just broader, more macro ambition around um, net zero transformation. It's set a a target to be a carbon uh, neutral economy by 2025. Um, It's very clear that the EU sees CSRD as being absolutely central to this, this ambition. Um, I think you, you, you mentioned this, this this point already, Tessa. Um, CSRD is a, a corporate ESG reporting regulation, so it's, it's very much focused on um, company level uh, ESG reporting, um, and, and, and really it's trying to drive better um, company data. Um, on, on ESG, um, both for, for the benefit of investors, but also for, for wider stakeholders across society as well. Um, so it's 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 definitely sort of helping to, to um, uh, improve the way that financial market participa- uh, p- participants, for example, are picking up ESG data and incorporating ESG risks and opportunities into their decision-making. Um, we do already have a, a, a reporting framework out there at an EU level, and that's um, the Non-Financial Reporting Directive (NFRD). Um, and CSRD um, is, is really looking to expand on NFRD um, with regards to ESG reporting. Um, I would just highlight a few sort of key differences compared to NFRD, which um, I think are particularly noteworthy. Um, the first is is around scope, um, so um, the EU is looking to significantly broaden the scope of um, the regulation compared to, to NFRD. So, um, it's not now capturing EU pies, um, It's it's covering a, a much wider range of companies. So, large companies, large groups, you're listed on a regulated market, um, listed SMEs, and so on. Um, a much broader pool of, of companies are, are, are going to find themselves in the scope of this regulation, which is um, which is significant. Um, second sort of key difference compared to NFRD is just the level of um, reporting that needs to be done on on ESG um, far more granular um, there are sort of very prescriptive templates that the EU is looking to, to roll out um, and actually in June um, the, the the Commission published some uh, draft delegated acts on the reporting standards that that firms need to adhere to when they're, they're making their disclosures in line with with CSRD. Um, and then the third point of, of difference is around assurance um, uh, there are much more stringent and, and prescriptive requirements around um, levels of assurance that that needs to be performed on on the reporting itself so number of different changes um, pretty pretty big changes um, the the first reporting um, We'll, we'll kick in from uh, FY24. Um, so lots of companies are going to have to really start engaging with this now to, to make sure they're pulling the, the data together and, and, and making sure that their reporting is, is done in line with the, the new rules.
0: Thank think it's really, really helpful to have that kind of overarching context of, you know, the aims behind this and, and, and how it fits in again things like NFRD so thank you for that and and of course as you said this is an EU directive but I think I'm right in saying it's, it's got a much broader application outside of the EU can you just explain for us how it's going to impact UK based firms
1: yeah that's um that's that's spot on Tessa. so um, I, I mentioned that the, the sort of wider scope and it's definitely hitting um, uh, non-EU companies um, so that's that's definitely something that a lot of firms are, are having to, to grapple with at the moment um, essentially, if you're a, an EU branch or, um, you, or you have an EU sub, um, then subject to um, certain size and revenue criteria that are set out in the in the regulation, um, the chances are that that this is going to to to, to hit you. Um, lots of UK companies uh, are caught as a result of that, including a lot of financial services firms. Um, I think one one observation I'd I'd have around this is that a lot of um, firms, certainly in the FS sector, but but, but more broadly, actually, um, probably haven't fully appreciated that, that um, there is this wider scope to, to the regulation. Um, and, and as a result of it, haven't um, perhaps uh, appreciated that, that they're likely to be caught by this and, and haven't started the, the work to, to prepare. So I think, you know, if you're, um, if you're a firm that has an EU presence um, of, of some sort, um, chances are that this is likely to be, be relevant to you. Um, so do, do sort of kick off the work to, to start to work through um, how, how the, the regulation might map into um, some of the different legal entities across your group um, and performing that scoping exercise early on, I think, is, um, is an essential first step.
0: Yeah, great. So kind of once firms have, have looked at that kind of scoping piece and they've taken that first step um, Justine, I know you've been you know, working with a lot of our clients in this space. Mm-hmm. In what way is CSRD impacting firms in financial services and what are some of the other kind of challenges and, and other f- steps that firms need to be thinking about?
2: Sure. So Tessa, it's important to note that currently the available standards associated with CSRD are sector agnostic, meaning that they apply to any company regardless of sector of the economy that they operate in. But actually the application of these standards is very, very different for a financial services company than it is for an underlying real economy company because the value chain is really, really different in nature. So particularly this will impact FS firms that provide capital to a broad range of companies across the economy. It will mean that instead of having to think through a smaller number of those standards and, and ESG topics, they might potentially have to think about the broad range of ESG topics across all 12 standards currently available. So then associated with that, The biggest challenge probably for FS firms at the moment, as with all things sustainability reporting and FS, is the collection of data. Um, So FS companies will be very reliant on the data disclosed and reported by the underlying companies that they provide capital to, but those companies are all subject to the same reporting timelines and dates as FS companies. So there's a bit of a, a data time lag involved here. Thankfully, the standards give a bit of relief, a provision for that, so companies have up to three years to collect data across the value chain. But FS firms will still have to do a lot of thinking around where the biggest risks, opportunities and impacts lie within their portfolios. And I think, again, thinking about the FS perspective and the data, it's a significant volume of data that FS companies have to collect. So, huge, huge challenge for FS companies there. And then I think the other the other challenge that I would draw out applies to all companies in the scope of CSRD, and that's the concept of upskilling and organisational engagement. CSRD, as we've said before, is a transformational piece of regulation, and it requires on input from teams across the organisation. So more involvement from finance than before, but also finance team in, in, in preparing those disclosures will rely on lots of people across the organisation. So a big challenge in bringing people on that journey, helping them understand the regulation to get to a reportable point.
0: Thanks, Christine. Yeah. So in terms of those challenges, what are some of the steps that firms should be taking at this stage to overcome some of those issues?
2: Yeah, so to start with the data piece, in the absence of data, there are still steps that firms can and will need to be taking to assess and analyse their portfolios and understand where those material material sustainability hotspots lie. So looking at the underlying sectors that they're lending to, investing in and insuring and thinking about what this means from a sustainability perspective. There's also a piece that can be done to think prospectively around how you will collect that data in the future. So in the underwriting, insuring, lending process, how do you build in that data collection going forward at the point of providing capital? I think firms that have resizable portfolios will likely need to invest in systems and automation to help collect and monitor this data at scale. So I think engaging early with the board and management on the investment that's required around that will be important. And then just taking the ownership, accountability, upskilling piece. I think it's very important to establish that clear ownership and accountability early on. So who's going to be driving this response um, and who those key teams will be that will support that? involvement of the finance team is going to be really really key these disclosures are ultimately going to end up within the management report so essentially the annual report and will be subject to assurance as lucas mentioned so the finance team are going to be really really critical in bringing that reporting rigor and skill set for this type of investor grade reporting
0: some really helpful areas there for our listeners to be thinking about kind of in the here and now and in in addition to that are there any other kind of practical lessons or 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 tips that you can share in, in terms of how firms can put this into practice
2: yeah, so I think touching on what Luca said earlier about the, the scoping piece, I think determining that scoping really early on is very, very important. So which of your legal entities will be impacted and what does that mean for your reporting? So under CSRD, you can report in a number of ways. You can report at group level, you can do an artificial EU consolidation, or you can report for the individual legal entities and and if if you take each of those options that will have implications for how you then go forward to do your double materiality assessment and collate your data. So I think being clear on that very early on is important. The next is being clear on organizational commitments to sustainability. So CSRD it's it's a disclosure and transparency regulation. It doesn't tell companies what they should or should not be doing. So I think we're finding when we're speaking to clients and and we're helping them work through the standards, having that really clear view on what your organisation is doing with sustainability, where you stand on sustainability is really important to help you sort of sift through the disclosures and make those decisions around what you're going to be reporting. The next I'd say is identifying upskilling needs across the organisation is really, really important. Um, And I think the last one I'd say is to prepare for assurance as you go. So again, Lucas mentioned earlier that um, CSRD comes with an assurance requirement. So I think documenting key judgments and decision making as companies are responding to the regulation and building in those controls um, as you're starting to collect new data will be really important as well.
0: Absolutely. And I think kind of linked into your point around strategy, you know, I'd also say it's going to be really important for firms to think about CSRD strategically in terms of how it fits in with other reporting frameworks and, and not just looking at it in isolation. Um, Lucas, do you want to tell us a bit more about kind of how firms are approaching that or should be approaching that and sort of some of the other regulations that, that'd be helpful for firms to think about in conjunction with CSRD?
1: Yeah, sure. And I think yeah, I completely agree with that. I think um, yeah, clearly as we've, we, we've been getting at um, in this conversation CSRD is a, a really important bit of regulation but it is um, one of many in the ESG space. Um, uh, firms are having to, to grapple with you know mandatory TCFD in the UK, we've got things like SFDR at the EU level, um, we've got the global ISSB standards coming out which by the way will eventually become part of UK regulation through the UK SDR, another acronym. Um, and a sort of general general observation I, I'd say on this is that a lot of these regulations are a, a bit of a variation on a theme. Um, there are certainly some similarities, but there are also some some really important differences as well. So you know, take ISSB for example. Um, uh, Justine mentioned the concept of materiality just now. Um, the ISSB standards are viewing materiality through a, an enterprise value lens, whereas CSRD takes a, a double materiality um, perspective on, on things. As, um, so, so a slightly different um, approach. And I think g- given these dynamics, we are seeing firms begin to take a more um, rounded view uh, of, of the regulatory environment identifying some of those common areas and differences, um, both in terms of the, the rules themselves and, and what the regulation is actually requiring, but also in terms of the, the different um, impacts on on your business. Um, so I think, you know, what we would suggest is, is sort of where possible, try to make one change to your reporting processes or your data strategy or the governance structure that you put around ESG reporting. Um, that's going to cater to each of these different regulations in the round, rather than thinking them about each regulation in in silos. Um, clearly, that's going to help drive efficiencies in the way that firms are, are responding to these regulations and, and uh, removing some some compliance costs in uh, in the process as well. Which which I think has to be helpful. To, to your point around sort of strategy, and I think Justine touched on on this. I think it is very tempting for firms to view something like CSRD as a, as a compliance exercise um, because it's a big bit of regulation and, you know, is putting formal rules in place that, that firms need to adhere to. Um, but I do think it's really important to um, try to, to view this as a strategic um, opportunity for, for the firm. So set your overall um, ambition around ESG. Um, how does that then filter down to the story you want to tell through your reporting and then marrying that with... Um, yes CSRD but also some of those wider regulations that I mentioned as well just to to help sort of bring it all all together um and I think you know that that just helps firms um land on a more coherent approach and story um and ultimately you know I think that the objective with with all of this stuff is is really to try and use the reporting to drive um uh, better value for, for for your organization so I think um it, it certainly helps um, as, as you're sort of um, sitting down to, to plan your approach to, to how you might respond to CSRD. It's worth having that that lens um, in in mind as you as you start the work.
0: So those points around strategy and, and value creation in the, in the way that firms approach this are, are, are really key, I think. Um, so to finish up, um, Justine, if, if you were a financial services firm and you think you're probably in scope of CSRD. What are the couple of steps that that you'd really encourage firms to to take on a practical level after listening to this episode?
2: Yeah, so if I was to to give sort of three top tips as to, to what people could go away and do after listening to this podcast, I think the first one is being really clear on how CSRD impacts your organisation. As we said earlier, depending on your legal entity structure, it could be a fairly minor impact, it could be a really extensive impact, and that will depend on your legal entity structure. So I think that's number one. Number two is deciding accountability, so who's going to lead and own this in the organisation. And once you've got that, who are the key people internally that that person is going to really rely on to be really actively involved in responding to CSRD. And I think the third I'd say is getting this on the agenda of board and management, if it isn't already, and helping them understand I suppose the scale of activity and the level of effort that may be required for the organisation. So you can make sure that you've got um, the time carved out and the investment carved out to to respond to this appropriately rather than it
0: being side of desk. And Lucas, is there anything you'd add to that?
1: Um, No, I'd I'd agree with all of that, Justine. Um, I mean, I I, I guess just to reinforce reinforce the the point that I made earlier on, which is, I think when you're designing your approach to, to CSRD, um, you know, just just make sure it's flexible enough to, to cater for other regulations as they arise. So um, I think I, I mentioned um, the UK SDR as, as as a a big development that's on its way in in the UK space. I think I think definitely having your eye on that that future emerging landscape in this space um, and, and uh, when, when you're sort of developing your your, your response to CSRD is going to be good practice for firms.
2: I think just to add to that Lucas that, that's a really important point and something we talk to clients a lot about it which is with something like CSRD many firms are going to have to implement new systems to deal with the data required and collect the data required to respond to it and actually when companies are implementing those those systems there's a big piece around thinking about implementing a system that is flexible and adaptable to respond to future um, ESG reporting needs. So, If you need a a similar piece of data but cut in a slightly different way for a different geography or a different piece of regulation making sure that your systems can can deal with that
0: brilliant thank you very much both Um, so it's been a really valuable discussion you know it's been great to hear about those all those kind of different impacts and and how firms can overcome those challenges you know um, in terms of engagement upskilling accountability and data And to our listeners, I hope you've enjoyed this episode and thank you very much for listening. As always, if you found this conversation helpful, please subscribe to future episodes and please rate and review the series as it helps other listeners to find us. If you'd like to hear more from us on risk and regulation, please look out for our regular publications on our website and we'll be back next month with our next episode.